Hello, and welcome to the Creek Podcast. This week, lead pastor Matt Oxley sits down with children's pastor Tammy Buck and youth pastor Trinity Bounds to talk about how to be a legacy builder, taken from 2 Timothy 4, 6-8. We hope you enjoy this message. We got something special we're doing today. You notice we've got three stools up here, but before we get into the teaching and, and all that discussion, uh, if you currently serve or have served for our military, would you please stand? We'd like to just thank you. So if you have currently or currently. We enjoy the freedoms that we enjoy in our nation because of men and women who are willing to sacrifice and put their lives in harm's way. So we can gather and do the things that we do the way we get to do these this morning. And uh, I am honored uh, that uh, there are men and women who are willing that don't know me, willing to put their life on the line for us. And uh, today, Memorial Day weekend, is a time for us as a nation to set aside a remembrance of those heroes who gave their lives for our freedom, that the life we live means that the sacrifice they paid doesn't go in vain. And so I hope that through this weekend, as you have a day off of work and in the middle of your barbecuing and everything, you stop and you remember the sacrifice of people who generations ago did not know us. And even the generation after us, some of us that are fighting right now, for us to protect and preserve these freedoms. And so take time to remember those. Freedom is not free. Uh, We enjoy the freedoms in this nation because men and women were willing to pay that sacrifice for us. We enjoy this relationship and this reconciliation with God because Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice, um, that he walked this earth, he walked to a hill called Calvary. He willingly gave himself on the cross so that we could live as free men and women without the weight of sin, and we are free to live. I want to spend some time this morning talking about this legacy because all of us gathered in this room, we live the legacy of a nation. Um, Those soldiers that fought and gave their lives in battle for us to have the freedoms we enjoy today, uh, we live their legacy. One of the movies that you'll probably see about three times played this weekend is uh, Saving Private Ryan. Um, And when they're on the bridge... Uh, He looks at him and he says, earn this. And he says, I hope I've lived a good life. I mean, that that, that movie gets me. When he's standing over the tomb, his his grave, and he says, I hope I've lived a good life. Um, He's living a legacy of someone that gave their life. We live a gospel legacy because Jesus gave his life for us. We live that legacy. And honestly, for thousands of years, it has stood the test of time. It's it's come under attack. There have been wars fought even against the gospel, and it stood the test of time. And this week I was reminded of a story in Matthew when Jesus is talking and teaching what's uh, very famously known as the Sermon on the Mount. And he says in Matthew 27, 24, he says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew against that house and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. 
we have to understand that we're all involved in building a legacy. Our lives build into something. The, the question is, is what are we going to be remembered for? Or when we think of this idea of building a legacy, the question to wrestle with is how long will our legacy last? I mean, will it, will it last to our, our children and then uh, us as parents are forgotten? Or will the things that we've taught and invested in, in not just our children, but the next generation, will those things endure? Will that stand the test of time? I'll tell you, the only way that it's going to stand the test of time is if we're connected to something much bigger than we are. The men and women who gave their lives in battle were connected to something much greater than themselves. When we engage in a gospel-centered legacy, we are engaged in something much bigger than ourselves. And it goes outside of, of one person, one man or one woman's area to operate. Track with me on this. If you have kids and one of the, one of the parents has had to take a, a trip, Heather and I used to do business travel, and, and she could do just fine. She, she wrestled with it, but she could do much better than I could when, when I was out of town. When she traveled, it was survival. We were talking about this before church this morning. It's survival. When Heather traveled, my kids, they were lucky to get a bath during the week, all right? They knew that when mom went out of town on a business trip that it was easy. We were probably going to order pizza one night and have leftover pizza the next night. And if there's time and not any pizza, we'll grill hot dogs. Easy. I mean, that's just the way it is. But you understand that parenting takes teamwork. Um, if you are a single parent, you have my high respect because I know how difficult that is. I can only endure that for a week at a time um, or two weeks at a time, and it's, and it's a beating. I'm, I'm calling Heather going, we need you. We need you bad. You need to come home. I, I, I can't even recognize our child anymore. Is this normal behavior? You know, you go down the list. I have the privilege and honor of not just having an amazing wife and partner in our home and, and even in ministry, but I have an amazing team here at the creek. And, and I want you to get to know some of these team members this morning. Let me, before I bring them up, I have an incredible team. Kevin Groth is back there. He's our community pastor. Laura Real is our volunteer. Laura gets you connected to the place where you need to be serving and, and pouring into the kingdom. Ryan, who you just saw up here earlier, leads in worship and does a phenomenal job. And then uh, two staff members that I want to introduce you to this morning. I'm, ma I'm making sure I didn't leave any of our staff team out. Our elder, Mike Harrison, was in here earlier, but our elder, Joseph Real, would you wave to us? If you get mad at me, you go see him. And uh, uh, just an incredible team, and I, and I love that. And, but today I want to introduce you to Tammy, Pastor Tammy and Pastor Trinity. Pastor Tammy is our, our children's pastor over Creek Kids Ministry, and Trinity is over our Creek Youth Ministry. They are dynamic individuals, and so they're going to help me teach this morning about building a legacy. So would you welcome them, uh, Tammy and Trinity, come on up here. I'll scoot down because this weekend you can put baby in a corner. But this idea of building a legacy, I wanted to get their help because honestly, this becomes a team effort. I don't know if you've heard the saying that it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a community to raise a child. It takes all of us working together. And if you don't have kids this morning, don't tune me out because you have an active part in, in engaging in the lives of other people to help build a legacy bigger than ourselves. 
all right? And so we've got to understand that we are all a part of this mission. God called us together as a church, as a body, as a family, and a community. And we share in this mission to raise up our kids. And so when we think about this idea of building a, a legacy, building into something bigger than we are, and then planting that legacy on the gospel, um, I need help with that because uh, I just, I can't teach your kids. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I, they scare me. I just, I'm, I did years in youth ministry. I oversaw children's ministry. But I, I, I was in Kids Beach Club uh, this semester. If you don't know, we host, we host a Kids Beach Club at Northbrook Elementary, and they asked me to teach the first session. I'm telling you, I was scared. I was scared. I mean, these kids are just staring at you. And, I mean, I can handle adults staring at me. I don't know why. But, man, they were scary. But Tammy has an amazing heart and has such a love for your kids and our kids, and she and her team invest greatly. If, you are, if you're in this service and we're serving in the first service in children's ministry, I said this in the first service, thank you. Thank you for being such a part of an amazing team and, and investing in the lives of our kids. Uh, the way our children's ministry works is they, they on a rotation serve one service and attend the other. And so I'm so grateful that we have people that are willing to step up and do it. So I'm not going to steal your thunder, but talk to us about, Tammy, how Creek Kids helps in the kind of the church life build legacy. Okay. Well, in Creek Kids... Um, Is your microphone on? Yeah, I mean, I, have to, I kind of have to eat it. You're used Sorry. to screaming in kids' Yeah, aren't you? yeah. Yeah, it's quiet in here. Y'all we're, don't, we're tame. Yeah, y'all don't dance in here We either. took our... our our caffeine seriously yeah. this morning, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about I can't sing that song, I Am Free. And boy, at least I sang it quiet for you, but I can't stand still. <laughs> we sing that back in Creek Kids. And when my heart screams, it screams, I'm free. She but, even hit me over there. It was awesome. I did. <laughs> She's like, sorry. y'all need to wake up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in Creek Kids, building a legacy, you have to have a foundation. And we believe that the foundation for our life, for our legacy, is the Word of God. And we will teach the Word of God to the kids, and we encourage them to memorize the Word of God. And thank you to the parents who have been so patient with the Bible book, Bop Song. Um, we've, I've challenged the kids to learn all 66 books of the Bible, and we've had kids as young as three say them. And I've had parents come back and say them for me. So thank it you just for that. Gets stuck in your head. Yeah, and um, yeah. So we believe. They were all singing "Jesus is my friend" all week because oh. the video we showed last week. Yeah. Oh. I got hate mail for that. Oh really? Yeah. Sorry. Oh, we like that song back there. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, <laughs> Psalm one nineteen eleven said, um, "I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you." God's word is the foundation. It keeps, it, it, it keeps us from sinning against God. And The way I teach the kids um, hiding God's word in your heart, it's like you know, when you study and study and study for a spelling test. You've got those words hidden in your brain so that when you sit down, you can, you can pass the test and spell your words. Well, when you memorize God's word, it's not just hidden in that brain. It's hidden in your heart. It's hidden in your soul. So when you need those words to pass a test of life, those words come out to help you. And that's our foundation for Creek Kids. And as parents, you guys can help. There's always a, we have, or if you're not a parent, 
Come back and grab our memory verse card and our virtue card. And on the back, it has each Bible lesson that we're going we're gonna to study. Take it home. Test the kids. Get them to learn their memory verses. There's we, prizes on the line. For yeah, there's prizes on the too, line. Yeah, so they, by the way. Yeah, that's right. That's true. We've got a Creek Kids store. Once a quarter, they earn stamps for saying their memory verse. And they can spend their stamps at, at the Creek Kids store um, at the end of the quarter. We also, to help instill the Word of God in them, we choose a virtue every month. Last month it was hope. This month it's responsibility. And what we, we explain a virtue to them is it, a virtue is something that God does in you to change the world around you. This month we're learning about responsibility. It's our responsibility to live the life that God gave us. Um, our memory verse this month is um, to whom much, to whom little, who, to whom, who can be trusted with little can also be trusted with much. God's given us so much and he's trusting us with us, with, with, with that. So we're responsible to live the life that God created us to live. And we want our kids to know that they were truly created perfectly to serve God. Everything about them, God created to serve his purpose. And it's our responsibility to help teach those kids what, what God created them to be, to help them discover that, discover those talents and gifts that God's created so perfectly within them to complete the mission. We want them to grow in love and faith so that they can be responsible for giving those gifts back to God. And what we want to do is develop them and we give them opportunities to serve and create kids also so that, you know, in a few years we can give them the trend and they're ready with a passion to serve and they, and they understand that it's their responsibility to give those gifts back to God and to the church. Trinity, uh, Trinity oversees our youth ministry. I was in youth ministry for years. And, and here's kind of the way I saw it. Uh, children's ministry is preventive ministry. And youth ministry is corrective ministry. Um, Amen. Um, and and I, love, I love our youth. I, I call them half-baked human beings. Because um, middle school is my specialty. So if you've, if you've ever... If you, we have people in our community that are middle school teachers, and you know what I'm talking about. I mean, under your breath, you're going, amen. Um, you know what I mean? But Trinity, uh, Trinity helps us in the area of youth. And talk to us about what it looks like in Creek Youth for that legacy building. I've been working with the youth about eight months now, and really the first thing I want to say to you parents is may God have mercy on you. It's, it's, uh, I think they may drive, drive me crazy soon. Uh, I'm just kidding, sort of. But um, the first thing I wanted to say was um, in Matthew 22, the Pharisees came to Jesus and they asked him, what's the greatest commandment? Not, not what is one of the commandments, but what's the greatest commandment? Jesus turned to him and said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. In other words, not just with part of yourself, but with the entire being that is man, you're to love the Lord your God. Now, this wasn't a new idea to the Jew. Um, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. That was actually a quotation from the book of Deuteronomy, and I wanted to read that for you guys. It's from Deuteronomy 6, and I'm going to start in verse 5, but I, I want you to pay particular attention to the subsequent verses because they speak to us as parents. It says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, the greatest commandment. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts, Impress them to your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. 
When I read that as a father, the first thing that I notice in that is what Moses doesn't say here. Moses does not say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and then take your kids to the temple priests that they may teach them about God. Notice that the directive for ministry in the home comes down to the parent. The second thing that I notice in this when I read it is that Moses says to teach them when they get up in the morning, throughout the day, and when they go to bed at night. Basically, all day long we're supposed to teach the kids. And that's, uh, that's just not sustainable, is it? We can't possibly get up in the morning. We can't crack the Bible open, read all day long, and uh, close it at night, then rinse and repeat, right? We, we just can't do that. But the way that we can is by modeling Christianity all the time, by the way we talk to one another, by the way we um, handle our finances, the, the, the things we do throughout the day, the things we struggle with. If we're truly modeling Christianity in a way that loves the Lord our God with all of our heart, in, in all times we are teaching them. We are modeling Christianity. Um, so I say that as an encouragement to you parents just to lock in and really spend time not just with what comes out of your mouth, but also the way you live your lives at the home. And the way the creek, the way the youth, the way that we stand in agreement with that is we just help to solidify the things that you guys are already teaching at home. We uh, create community around them in small groups. And one of the things we did early on, the first several months that I was doing it, is we had an apologetic section. The kids really gave me a a nice long laundry list of um, different questions. And apologetics is just a fancy way of saying a defense for the faith. It comes from 1 Peter 3.15 that says we're all supposed to be able to have a defense for our faith. But what, what I would do is I would give the youth one question on Wednesday, and I would ask them to take it home, to pray about it, to think about it, to study it. But the main thing I asked them to do was try to create some conversation at home, facilitate some conversation with your parents about this question. And hopefully that would be a link between what you guys are doing at home and also what we were doing within the youth. But another thing, another way that you guys can help out with what we're doing in the youth is um, we have a small group time where we get together with the kids, we pray for them. It's a, a smaller group within the group. We encourage one another and we help break down the message that I just gave the kids. But um, one of the ways that you guys can help is we currently have a need in the youth for more small group leaders. So I pray if it was ever on your heart to step in and do something like that, that, that you would do that. Come talk to me after the service. I think it's a great way that you can not only show that you're invested in your own spirituality or you're invested in your family's spirituality, but also in the, the corporate spirituality of the church. So pray, join us. Well, and you've got a great entrance point for those leaders because you've got you know a series coming up that they could ease into leading small groups in youth too, right? <laughs> Yeah, we uh, the first few weeks of June, um, we're going to be going through a sex series with the kids, and um, that's. I, I think I everybody uh, just stepped back from the line. Tonight. Yeah, I haven't told the. Uh, I haven't told the. <laughs> I haven't told the rest of the leaders this yet, but I'm actually going to be gone those three weeks. I'm going to check out. So good luck with that. It's your time to shine, guys. But no, we will be teaching that for three weeks. and um, You won't be gone, though, seriously. No, I will. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. No, I, I will be here. We're going to hit the first week, the physical dangers of sex outside of marriage. The second week is going to be the spiritual dangers of it. And the third week is going to be a situational, applicational type lesson. So I would love if you guys jumped in on that and listened to, listen to what we're teaching your kids about that. And my prayer is that there would be some takeaway for you to go home with and be able to facilitate the same kind of conversations because I know you're dying too. So. <laughs>
Excellent. Thank you, Tammy and Trent. What I want to do, if you've got your Bible, go to 2 Timothy chapter 4, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, this, this legacy of the gospel and how we then, at, really as a church, not just as individuals, because, you know, as individuals, we're responsible for carrying this mission forward, but then collectively as a church, because what I hope that you see through this is it takes a team, it takes a body. There's no way when we launched this church that I could administrate all these ministries by myself, and uh, God has brought amazing people to be uh, our team and our staff, and, and uh, I love having them around me. I love having them around you because they are godly people and invested in the kingdom. And uh, Paul, actually, the Apostle Paul is investing in a young pastor whose name is Timothy. And he sends this letter to him. This is a second letter that he sends to Timothy. And he, uh, I'm going to start in chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4, and uh, read to you what Paul says to Timothy. Um, this is towards the end of Paul's life. He says, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires... They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. Paul goes on to say, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. Paul's in prison. He knows he's not getting out of prison this time. He knows that the end of his life is coming. And instead of a defeat, he sees this as a victory. This drink offering in the Old Testament, they would pour wine around the altar before they would make the sacrifice. And they called that the drink offering. Paul said, I'm being poured out like a drink offering because my life is getting ready to be given to advance the gospel. And he says, I'm I'm getting ready to go. He tells Timothy this, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. What Paul is charging Timothy with is saying, "You, you need to be investing in the next generation. When you think about what we do, we constantly are investing in the next generation because the legacy is something that's going to live on after we're gone. And the way that is carried forward is the next generation. And so we all need to be looking at, at, at who is coming up. How do I invest in their life? How do I mentor someone? Paul took Timothy under his wing. And he said, Timothy, even though you're young, you can do this. And so that investment needs to be, to be made from us into the next generation. And I think just as Paul said, these are the things that I've done, that at the end of his life, he stood and he reflected. I mean, when you think about what Jesus said in Matthew uh, on, on building the house on the sand and on the rock, um, remember when you, were, you, you take your kids to the beach, or if you've never taken your kids to the beach, this is, this is amazing, I love doing this but you used to build sandcastles. 
Now, some of you parents are like, yeah, that was like an hour we got some peace and quiet because you knew your child was sitting there and they were building in the sand. You, the only thing you were worried about is how much sand they were going to eat, right? I love building sandcastles. I did this a couple years ago with my daughters, and they're even older, but we still had fun doing it. My fingers were raw from digging and playing in the sand. But here's the thing. When kids are building sandcastles, they're, they're working hard. They did, the first thing you do in a sandcastle, what, is dig the moat, right? Because you think you're going to stop the ocean, right? And so they're building this sandcastle. They're working hard. They're intense with it. Little do they know that all the while the tide is coming in and coming in and coming in. And in one wave, that sandcastle becomes a family memory. It becomes something you look back and go, that was a great time. Our lives are very similar to that. If we're not building on the solid rock of Jesus and on the gospel foundation, our lives, are, they're a mist, they're a vapor. They go so quick that all the while the tide is coming in and coming in, and one day everything will be washed away but what's on the rock. And so when we think about this, Paul's reflecting. He's saying, you know what, I've built some sandcastles in my life, but praise God I've built on the chief cornerstone. I've built my life on Jesus. I've built my life with the gospel. And Timothy, here's some things I've done. As I look back, you know, I fought the good fight. I mean, this is, this is a military language that he's thinking. And he's saying, I fought the good fight. We have to understand that, that our fight is not against other people. In, in church and in spirituality, we want to put a face to our enemy so we can go attack them. But our fight is not against flesh and blood. It's against rulers and principalities. And Paul said, I've fought the good fight. I've stood in the ring. I, I've, I've worked to advance the gospel. One of the big struggles in World War I with storming beaches was the invention of barbed wire. And, and here's an interesting story about what would happen on these beaches, that as these soldiers would advance up the beach, when they were injured and wounded and knew they were not going to make it off of that battlefield, they would fall forward onto the wire so their brothers could walk on their backs to advance up the line. Our job, our responsibility in fighting the good fight is who are we bringing along with us in the beach that at the end of our time, we realize we're going to fall forward so the next generation can continue to advance the gospel. He says, Timothy, I fought the good fight. He said, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. Too many times we start well and then just kind of stop. Probably the most brutal thing I've done in recent years, is I got talked into running the 10K Caltown. Now, I'm not built for speed, okay? I, I, cruising would be the best way, okay? I'm, I'm not a sports car. I'm like a Jeep, okay? I've got pockets, and I'm, I'm good for utility and climbing stuff and, you know, making it through the mud, but, but not mud run. Don't even get your ideas up there. I know who you are. Stay away from me. But... They talked me into running this 10K, and I'm psyching myself up before because I had to get over the, what am I doing here, what am I doing here, what am I doing here? But I psyched myself up, and here's what I said. I may not run fast, but I'm going to run the whole time. And so I just kept the pace. I didn't run to where I, was, I knew I couldn't sustain the pace, but I wouldn't let myself stop because I knew if I stopped running and started walking, I would never start running again. Too many of us are like that in faith. 
Man, we, we, we come to Jesus and the gospel transforms our life. We, we're introduced to who Christ is and we sprint. I got to know everything. I mean, we're just, we're just like puppies. And all of a sudden we find ourselves slowly running out of steam. And Paul's saying, I, I kept the faith. I finished the race and I kept the faith. I stayed the course. I kept at it. This idea of keeping the faith is like being a good steward of the gospel. If you think about it, we have as Christians the greatest message the world has ever known. The best news. The gospel's not good advice. It's good news. We have the best news that through the reconciliation of the cross, we can live free. And Paul says, I was a good steward of that. I gave my life for something bigger than myself. I gave everything I had. I left it all on the table, Timothy, so that for generations... They would praise God for the glory of the cross because I've invested my life in it. And when we think about us as legacy builders, we we carry that same responsibility. We need to engage in the good fight, fight the good fight, finish our race. Those of you who are parents with young kids, I know your pain because I've had young kids. I made it through it. I'm in the teenage years. You'll make it through it, trust me. Stay the course, keep the faith. So what does it look like for us to be legacy builders? Let, let's get practical for a minute. You know, Tammy, talk to us about um, what it looks like to make legacy building kind of a core value or a, a central point to us as a church. As a church, we have to love in the legacy. Years ago when I went to a seminar, I've been in children's ministry a lot of years, and when I went to a seminar one time, they... Someone said, you know, when a older teen or young adult who's been in and out of church throughout his life leaves the church, but he's, he finds himself or herself in a situation where he needs to come back to God or he needs to come back to that community of church, he may not remember all the Bible stories or he may not call, them, call, call to the front of his mind all the scripture that he's memorized. What he will remember is the love and acceptance he received there at church. We have to love in the legacy. We have to invest our love in the legacy. You know, Timothy, when he was he was having doubts, and Paul was talking to him in the chapter before that, he said, but you must be remaining faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. We have to have trusting people. Your kids are, are back in Creek Kids right now being taught because we have an amazing team that we're building to teach your kids that believe in investing in the children with the Word of God. Um, and it's not just the parents' responsibility. God, if you're part of this church, God's blessed you with children that you need to invest in. And, and that invest, a big part of that investment is love. Love is a lesson that is hard to teach with words. It's meant to be taught through your example, through your actions, through what, through what the kids see. And right now, as a matter of fact, the, the verse that, that Trent said earlier, when the Pharisees came to Jesus and tried to trip him up, that's exactly what they're learning today is love. We're going through the Ten Commandments. But when Jesus was asked what the greatest of the commandments are, what the greatest of the 600 commandments that are in the Old Testament are, he said, love, the greatest commandment is to love and it can, we can break it down into love others and love God. But ultimately, if you love God, everything falls into place. When your relationship with God 
when your loving relationship with your father is right, everything else becomes easy or easier. And, you know, God has special plans for, for all of us. God has a purpose. We were created and designed for his purpose, for his glory. And if your talents, if you're hiding your talents, if God's called you to youth, that's okay. But if he's called you to kids, because, you know. He's called you to youth, just so you know. <laughs> well, i got to remind Trent, you know. Listen, minute, listen, Trent, if we don't teach them, Imagine what they're going to be when we hand them off to you, you know? We're just preparing. Please teach them then. Yeah, we're just preparing. So, Welcome to staff right. meetings at the creek. But we're teaching, we're teaching kids to use their talents. They need to see you using your talents and your gifts. Um, nothing teaches better than example. And they need to see, like Trent said earlier, they need to see you loving your church, your community. We've got the more men and women that love God, love God's people, that we can put around them as a support system, the more people they have to trust and talk to, then the, the more chance we have of them not leaving the church as they get older, of them continuing the legacy that we're building here. Cool. So the love is, the, the love is key, and then Trent, talk to us about another practical step in that. The next step we wanted to talk about is live in the legacy. Tammy talked about love. Well, live, what we mean by that is um, the persistence and the perseverance with which we run our race, with, with this legacy that we're leaving. Paul had just talked about in 2 Timothy 4 that he had finished the race. And this analogy that he used about running the race, this wasn't something new to Paul. He had used this ana- analogy in several other places in the Bible. And one of them was from the writer of Hebrews. We, a lot of people believe that Paul wrote Hebrews partly because of the, uh, the running the race part of it. But um, what he says in that verse is, Therefore, let's run the race that's marked out for us with perseverance, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And I think that ties back in perfectly with loving the Lord our God with all of our heart, our soul, and our strength. Because when our eyes are fixed on Christ, we will have the energy to run. We will have the perseverance to move forward. He will give us that strength that we need. I don't know how many of you guys have driven in your car, and it's kind of hard to hit your mark when you're... uh, Facebooking on your phone or texting or whatever you might be doing. No, they typically I, hit my mark, my uh, fender. Yeah. No, I've seen a lady doing her, uh, what's, what's this thing called? Mascara. Mascara thank you. And uh, that's one of those points you either slow down. Two words. <laughs> but anyway, speaking about perseverance and um, to bring in the youth and uh, something we've been talking about lately is we just went through the book of Philippians. We were uh, in there for a little bit over six months, I believe, but Paul makes the same point about reaching our goals in that. And um, really there's two things that I want to pull out that Paul said. The first one was just as hard. And he said, I want to know Christ. And you think if anybody knew Christ, man, the Apostle Paul must have. I mean, he, the amount that he had invested in the ministry was everything. But Paul had that single mind of wanting to know Christ more. But the second thing I want to mention is something he says in Philippians 3. Because he says, um, in order to reach my goal, I don't consider myself to have attained it yet. But there's one thing I do. And any time I hear anybody, Paul, Peter, James, anyone talk about something, there's one thing I do, man, my, my ear antenna go up. And I'm thinking, what's this great secret that you have that we might be able to hit our mark? Because some of us may not know what our, 
our ministry is, as far as the corporate church goes, Paul's, he knew his. It was to spread the gospel to the Gentiles. But for most of us, we may not know what that ministry is in our lives, but every one of us can be assured that our parents, that our first ministry is at home. So when we ask ourselves, how are we going to be able to hit that? I think it's key that we keep our eyes on Christ, to love him, to want to know him, like he said. But that second thing that he mentioned, that one thing that I do, was to forget, sorry, to forget those things that are behind and press forward to those things that are ahead. And I think that, that in that is the key. And that's really a two-sided coin. The first side being those past successes that you had as a parent. I have my daddy of the year moments where I thought, man, these kids, they're going to call me rock star daddy for the rest of my life. This is going to be awesome. But I also have to understand that there's a second side to that coin. And there's the times you failed as a parent, and I have those as well. I have those times where I missed the mark. And either one of those can weigh you down and get you to stop running with perseverance this race. So I encourage you, if you have either one of those in the past, those successes or those failures, you can't keep your eye on those. You have to keep your eye on Christ, and you have to keep pressing forward. I I mean, I I had a a bad moment just recently. I uh, tried to schedule a youth event on my daughter's birthday, that was yesterday, so apparently I'm not learning anything, but uh, I can't look back at the past, even if it's yesterday, something that's happened, so I encourage you guys to continue pressing forward and to understand that a legacy can't be left in a moment, that the legacy has to be left over time, but it has to be left. Absolutely. I think the last thing in that is that we have to leave it, you know. We have to understand that, that we will come to the end of this life. I mean, Scripture tells us that every man is appointed once to die. You know, depending on how you look at it, it all ends up in the box. One of our one of our elders, Mike Harrison, was talking at a, a vision dinner the first year we were at church, and he was challenging us. And the legacy of our church was, he, he said, you know, on the tombstones in the cemetery, there's a birth date and a death date. But everything happens in what separates those two dates, and that's the dash. And so there comes a point where we have to just let let it go. We understand that our love is rooted in Christ. We love God. We love others. We live intentionally with the gospel, but then we have to leave that legacy. Here's what I've learned. Paul charges Timothy. He says, preach the word, Timothy. Be prepared in season and out of season. In order for us to leave a legacy, we've got to be prepared to leave one. I've learned that as a dad, I mean, I have, I'm a rock star dad too, Trent, by the way. Um, we know. Yeah. But um, no, I think my list of failures are probably just as, as bad. But, but here's the thing. By the grace of God, we invest in the next generation. What I've learned as a parent is most of those life lessons, most of those big things are unscripted. You know, you, you can plan the vacation. You can plan all the details. And I know some of you, planning is your passion. God bless you. But you plan, we're going to be on the beach at this time. But here's the thing. Sometimes you can't script those conversations when you're building that sandcastle. Sometimes you can't script how that's going to go, but you being prepared in season and out of season is going to allow us to leave a lasting legacy. Those that have poured into my life that have since left this earth wasn't really a formal sit down. Hey, Matt, I want to talk to you about this. It was their character and how they were prepared with the gospel at all times to live their life in front of me, that when now that they're gone, I can remember that legacy because it was rooted in the gospel. So 
in leaving this legacy is we've, we've got to focus our love. We've got to live intentionally. But my challenge with leaving it is be prepared. Be prepared for those moments. Be prepared to leave that legacy so that it does endure, not just to your grandkids, but for generations to come. Because the gospel has stood the test of generations. We're told in scripture that for generations after generations after generations, we praise the works of God. We praise the wonder of God. And so my challenge to you, I guess, as a church is let all of us be engaged in this process, in this, in this building of legacies, and let us all get uh, on board together in pouring into the next generation. You, there are two great ministries to get involved with. I'll let them fight out who, who's going to get who. But, but let, me, let me challenge you. This isn't a plea. This isn't saying we're desperate in these areas. Uh, yeah, we need help because God is growing ministry and there's, there's great need. But let me tell you something. If God's not giving you a passion to be in there, don't. We got other places that we can plug you in and get you serving. But you get involved and start building in the legacy of the next generation. You'll never regret that. You never will. Um, let me pray for us. Um, but before I do it, would you just give Trinity and Tammy a thank you? I'm, um, I wanted you all to, to see them, and, you know, because I can talk about them and you can, you, you can see them running around. But I wanted you to hear from their heart because I, their heart just amazes me and, and the work and the ministry they pour in. So they love your kids. They love you. And they love the gospel. And, I, I, you know, you can't ask for more than that. So let me pray. Father, we love you. And we thank you so much for this time this morning to, to pause and reflect and, and, and honor those that have gone before us, um, that have fallen on the wire so that we can advance. Father, thank you for this, the soldiers, the men and women uh, who gave their lives so that we could live in a free country. And I pray we never take that for granted. Father, thank you for those of us, uh, for those that have gone before us in faith that have fallen on the wire so that the gospel can advance, maybe in our own homes, but in our society and in our communities. Thank you for those that have built the legacy of the gospel in our life. We are here because someone invested in our life. And so, Father, as we come to this moment of, of this weekend, I pray that you encourage us. I pray that you challenge us to invest in the generations behind us. Father, give us the courage to live a life that is worthy of you, to live a life that leaves a legacy behind that for generations, it's, it's, we're not talked about our reputation, but we're talked about our love for Jesus. And let that love and that legacy transform our great, great, great grandchildren's lives if you choose to tarry that long before you call this thing done. I pray that, that we are pouring and building into generations so that they serve you, they love you, and they praise you for your sacrifice. Father, we thank you for choosing to use us in the legacy of the gospel the gospel has been it stood the test of time before we walked the face of this earth and it will last long after we leave this earth thank you for choosing to use us to be a part of that legacy we love you and we praise you
And we pray all this in the name that is above all names, the name of Jesus. Amen. Marine Creek Church is located in Fort Worth, Texas. If you have any questions, feel free to visit our website at www.marinecreekchurch.com.